Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, a podcast series brought to you by the Port Authority of Jamaica, Herb Cement, and the Sajikor Foundation. Impacting Jamaica shines the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects, and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate, and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by Grace Kennedy. Hello, Jamaica. Hello, world. Thank you for joining me for another Impacting Jamaica podcast. I am Shelley Ann Harris. Today, I have the pleasure of connecting with Director of the Caribbean Global Network, CGN Group, Bobby Clark, to talk about the importance of nurturing a strong relationship between Jamaicans yard and Jamaicans abroad. We will also hear about some new and exciting developments that will serve to strengthen that bond. Friends and listeners from all over Jamaica, the diaspora and the world, welcome to another Impacting Jamaica podcast. Mr. Clark, thank you for joining me for this important conversation. How are you doing? Great, you know, great. I'm having a wonderful life right now. So you work hard and, and then you, you see some signs of your sense of your labor coming to pass. So you're happy. So I'm in a happy place. All right. My first question to you, you know, Jamaicans tend to leave the rock to set up for a better life, to look to have a better opportunity for themselves and their families in foreign lands. And while they're there, they form communities. Why mm-hmm. is it important for communities abroad and communities here at home to stay connected? Well, it's, it's very important for a couple of reasons. One, it's keeping that family unit. Maintaining that unit is very important. As we grow and develop, we need to stay connected to our grandparents, our parents, our cousins, because that's what builds up a great community. It starts with the family. And I think if you look at other communities outside of New York City, per se, the Spanish market is huge in that regard where they prefer to lose income than to have their children not be a part of a family unit. So it's, it's something that we, as a people, mm-hmm. um, need to develop. And we have, actually. I've, I've seen where there's many families that are super connected to what's happening here. So you might get a mother leaving to New York, but she's sending money back every week to maintain her family here. So economically, it's huge, huge. And also, we have a saying that never throw a stone behind you. Right. And, Jamaican. and that really is also um, important for us as a people abroad to understand because I'm a firm believer in setting up foundation in the place of your birth because mm-hmm. you just went through a whole four years of a crazy person that we believe would have gladly deported all Jamaicans or, or Mexicans or whoever he felt like out of America. So mm-hmm. to not have a foundation here or at least have a footing here in Jamaica um, would have been a bad thing for many Jamaica. I, I believe those are some of the main things why you need to maintain that family connection. And, and again, it, it really is about generational attachment. You know, yeah. you, you, you don't want to ever leave your family unaware or unprotected for any reason. So it's important that your community started here in Jamaica and you need to maintain that community. And then abroad, it's very important that we find ways to build and to maintain this rock called Jamaica, because that is where we're going to find solace at some point, and where our kids are going to try and move back to, because that's, this is our roots. The roots are important. A follow-up question then to you, Mr. Clark. You know, when we travel and we see a fellow Jamaican, 
there's nothing sweet like that. It's like, you know, you, you, you're in Switzerland, you're in New York, wherever it is that you are, you see a fellow Jamaican and automatically it's like there's a vibe. Yes, ma'am. I, I think that plays into the whole connection that you're describing, the, the need yes, for it. Yes, ma'am. And, and that, that is, I think, until you travel, you won't realize as a Jamaican that this deep sense of patriotism resides in everybody. I remember when you see in both broke records and the Olympics and, and all, all the championships and there was tears and there was a, a hugging up fellow Jamaican in a shirt that says Jamaica on it. You're not sure they're Jamaican, but you're, you're so overjoyed with that sense of patriotism that comes out of Jamaicans abroad that, you know, we are the biggest ambassadors of this country because we're going to sell it as if the earth depends on it. I'll give you a quick story. There was a, a evacuation of JFK Airport because they, some, what sounded like gunshots, was actually a four-hour shutdown because Jamaicans were celebrating a Usain Bolt win. And it, was, it, was, it was that kind of nice. So, yeah, we're, we're, um, we're big on, on, on our island, and especially when we travel. We represent it and we it to a big way. It's important that that patriotism transfers back to our communities and where we went to school and where families grow up and, and where we believe our, our hearts spring lives. Oh, yeah, very important. Very that's, important. That's, that's pretty heartwarming to hear because most of those big events have been here at home in Jamaica. So, mm-hmm. you know, half a tree, you know, all the, mm-hmm. the various spots are, are overflowing with joy. So it's really cool to hear that similar things happen around the world. You know, and in in New York, where you are, and, and right. that, that is exactly what we we actually give a reason for our living. So, and I, I'm saying this to say that the average Jamaican with an average job going to work at a mechanic shop and going home, mm-hmm. his or her existence is really a big part. Jamaica is a big part of that, and what they share with the people that they meet. So, it's a huge sense of love for the country that everybody lives by day and night. I like that. A huge center of love. I like that. Cool. All right. In July now, I hear that the Caribbean Global Network Group will launch mm-hmm. Jamaica's newest radio station, the Bridge 99 FM. Tell mm-hmm. us about that. What's that about? Who is the reach? Who is, who is the audience? Well, here's the story. Um, this is a long, a lifetime dream of, of myself and my team because we're Jamaicans and we live abroad and our love for the country is huge. So, one of the things that we find important is being able to connect to our land of Jamaica on a regular basis. What I found over the 28 years of doing radio in New York is that there's nothing more authentic than being able to say, I heard it on RJR, I heard it on, on IRA, I heard it on, and right. on, site, on TVJ. Absolutely. And, yeah, and now to be able to be a part of that esteemed group of companies that our media houses, um, it's important and it's big for us. We're overwhelmed with joy to say that we're a part of that. And the bridge itself is the first step of a six-phase plan of expansion for Irish. And before I even go any further, I want to thank the RGR group for allowing us to, to purchase Music 99 to make this happen. I want to thank especially Mr. Gary Allen and Mr. Chris Barnes for giving us opportunity to own our own media property in, in Jamaica. Now, the major part of the vision for the bridge is to bridge that gap to the diaspora from Jamaica. There's lots and lots of resources to be had when we export the products and services of the Jamaican land we love. 
there is a ability now with the bridge for us to sell anything and everything from here out to the diaspora. The diaspora has been the missing link for the Jamaican economy to bring in more income, to increase the GDP. And this is what we're aiming to do. Find ways to connect new avenues for the Jamaican economy abroad. So we're starting in New York, um, but we have plans to extend our arms into other Jamaican Caribbean pockets globally. Being able to access local news, the, the, the validation or the credibility rather that it has when it is really locally based. That's awesome. Um, in terms of the, the style of the station and the, the focus, it, does it remain the same like the Music 99 that we know or do you have a different yeah. idea for Bridge 99? The connection draws us to uh, a bigger responsibility. The idea now is when you turn on your radio in New York, you'll be hearing Bridge 99 from Jamaica through and through our Irish jam. We're starting with, with New York, but we're going to do Canada. We have plans to go in, into the UK, of course, other cities in the US, including Florida and Atlanta, and many, many more. When that happens, we really couldn't be playing the soul music that we get on the 99. So right. it's not only the export of our music, which is going to be a Caribbean farmer. Mm-hmm. When I say Caribbean, I mean it's going to be a Caribbean radio station based here in Jamaica. So it would be hard to sell country and Western hip-hop and R&B to the world as an export from Jamaica. Right. You know, it is, that's, that's not the format. The format is Caribbean. That's where we'll stay. And it will include some talks, some interviews, music, of course, features, um, everything that comes with great radio. One of the other main points of differences here also Jamaica is we are already visual radio in New York. So we'll be visual radio here out of Jamaica. What that means is when you turn on your radio, if you have an app or if you have the website, mm-hmm. you can see what's happening in the studio and you can see different graphics that happens on your screen. So any screen in the world, you can see us. And what that does is it gives the opportunity for an advertiser or for an interviewer to have more access to different platforms as we push out. So if you're watching CNN, you'll see lower thirds, you'll see picture in picture, you'll see a ton of visual features that will be available on the visual platforms that accompany the Bridge 99 radio format. So it is overall a richer experience. <laughs> Definitely, 100%. So if, if there's a live broadcast in Ocho Rios at a car dealership, then if you're sitting in that dealership, you can... You can see the car, you can see the color of the cars, you can see the street that we're they're broadcasting from. And, perhaps they, and perhaps the beach in the background. Exactly. <laughs> Very important. Yeah. And, and if you're in the Bronx, Jamaica will get to see what's happening in the Bronx and on the street and, and, and a visual of what's happening there. You know, and that is all main radio experience. It's not just audio anymore. It's going to be visual and it's going to be very entertaining and much richer experience, as you said. And what a profound name you have decided, Bridge. You are effectively bridging or diaspora across the world, starting in New York. Intentionally. And that's, that's the mantra for the entire company. We're here to enrich the vibes. Feeling the vibes as it is. I, I like it. That's great. That's great. Um, I'm also hearing your passion for what you're doing. And you mentioned 28 years ago in this industry, you mm-hmm. have a passion, it seems, for this and for, 
for people and for our culture. Where did that come from? Talk, talk to me about your own personal you involvement know, and how this the genesis of this for you. I, I am going to try and make this short, but it, it, you know, it's, it's not. <laughs> you go, when you go there, it goes it goes far back. And and let me say that when I landed in New York, I was not overwhelmingly happy with what I was hearing on the radio or seeing as representing us. It wasn't now. Um, it wasn't great. And I, I said, you know, let me see if I can find a way to make this work. And we, I had a, um, a visit by a JBC, legendary broadcaster called Milford Edwards, who just happened to be coming into the office where I had a travel agency at the time in the Bronx to try and get me to purchase commercials for his radio show on WRTN. And when I told him about what I was hearing and not happy with, he said he's an audio engineer also and he has a way for us to pipe a jamaican station into new york and i said stop it <laughs> get out excitement <laughs> i said i want ari fm and he said well then let us do it he had to wait to pipe ari fm into new york through satellite and i said all right let me go go make it happen so i jumped on a plane i flew down to ari fm i reached the gates i begged for a meeting with mr carl young and i sat there in front of him and heard him say to me, no, sir, no, brother. You mean take my tea and can't go far in? No, no, nobody that. Mm-hmm. And there were other choice, colorful words used that we can't say on this podcast <laughs> when he told me where I should go. And um, after two weeks, I wore him down. I wore him down to the point where he said, all right, fine, 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 fine. All right, all right, go on, let's do it. Boy, the power of persistence, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he started the Irish Jam experience, you know. And that was 1993. And when we did our first broadcast, Irish FM into New York and WRTN back then, it was, um, it was tearful. People were crying because you had a mother calling in to say, Johnny, I don't see you from all long. I love you and stay safe. And you had the girlfriends calling to send the money and then, you know, it was it was a connection that I said at that point that this is what I want to do for a living. This is my career, mm. not just radio, but serving, being a public servant for this community. And that, that's exactly what we did. And we, we did it. We left IRA. We were replaced by um, the race off schedule. And we, I understand that. <laughs> and we, we, were, we were on fame for a long time. Again, thanks to our GR family. We did stop for a while and then they say, you know, this is something that we would get back to because this is the reason why we're doing what we're doing. And we did that. And now this is what the bridge is. The continuation of that, I believe, is, is our legacy, you know, to make sure that we serve and connect and give access to that community to enrich the lives of people who are immigrants to a foreign country. That's where my passion comes from. My serving a community that has left disconnected from the place of birth. You know? I can hear, you know, the, the mm-hmm. truth of it and the journey of it and your commitment to it over all these years. And okay. it's, it's a beautiful thing to know we're building a bridge today, 2021, you know. Um, and now, you know, I want to get into you know, just the role that radio and media in general play in our ability to tell our stories. You are sharing some of those just now in terms of, you know, people being able to talk to their their relatives abroad and so on. But how important is media ownership in these times when, you know, race and human rights, I mean, in Jamaica, it's not so much a race thing. There are color, colorism is a thing here, but race is more of a big deal. And it's something that the diaspora confronts 
Right. Or faces in your part of the world. How important is radio and media ownership um, in that context for you? Listen, um, I'm, a, I'm a Jamaican first, and I want to say that out loud because as I live in America and I embrace what is America, which is a great, great land, it, it comes with its, its, its flaws. In Jamaica, we learn that out of many one people, we learn that. It takes a, a group of us to make it work. And we're, I, I grew up in Kingston and, and I had Chinese friends, I had Syrian friends, I had white blue-eyed friends. I had, you know, it, it's, a, it's a really, really and truly a melting pot of culture. And, and I go to America and we're modern day America, the white race attacking the black race in an unprecedented way. There's a hatred being peddled as a political way to, to, to gain votes and do different things. And the narrative yes. is very important because everybody is telling their doctrine as truth. And it's important that our people, meaning Jamaican Caribbean people, mm. are not led astray by what sounds like or could be or maybe kind of sort of different ways that people think. So media that speaks to you as a Caribbean person, the Jamaican, is critical because you cannot be lumped up into the Black experience of um, America, although we're Black and we're Black first. We need to also look at the culture of, of who we are. My grandmother is, looks like a white Irish woman. Mm. Um, so I cannot be taught to hate a white person because their skin color. So there's double sides to, to the situation. And I, I can't, I don't want my kids to, to, to grow up thinking, because I live in America and there's a, a fight against black people. It, you know, it doesn't affect me. It affects me deeply. But we have to look at everything in context. And I believe that they, the fight that is real for black America is a fight that we have to join because it affects us day and night. So if we don't own our own media, to explain mm. and to outline and to draw these different aspects of who we are. We're going to end up with our people and our children, our grandchildren and great-grandchildren being lumped up and, and just thrown in one category. So the narrative of who we are has to come from us. So media is the first point of interaction with our people. And then it comes down to also giving clear path of understanding our future, meaning that when we now put that media path together and we speak about what our history actually was, then that is what our kids can follow. Because a lot of people are writing books about our experience and they never, they never had anything to do with our experience. They're just reading from, from somebody else's representation of us. Right. Because now the governor of Florida says that we can't teach black history in schools because it's going to change the structure of what it was. But that's the point. You need to teach our children the actual history mm -hmm. of how it's going to get lost. So with media, we can actually properly represent our history. We can properly represent the current issues as they affect us. And we can give light to that. And it's also important that when we own our own media, we decide who gets to speak to our people. So if we don't own our own media, we're not represented, we won't have a voice, we won't have anything to call our own in a couple of years.
to me, it's everything. It is the voice of our people. Absolutely, I agree with you. You know, in, in part of my college days, I remember the professor saying to us that each Jamaican, or I think he mentioned each Caribbean person is at least one sixteenth European. Mm-hmm. And so really and truly, you can't really look at anybody and say they're not you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it really is a melting pot. It really is an out of many one people truths mm-hmm. that we have here, no matter how we look. And the other point I wanted to raise with you was that Jamaica has been a leader in the world when it comes to reconciliation. If you look at our history with South Africa and, mm-hmm. you know, the, just the role we've played historically, having our own media is a part of that, the extension of that role, I think. And so I, I really do wish you all the best with this venture. Mm-hmm. And you, you say you're starting in New York and then Canada and, and we're from there. Or you, you're not, you, you can't rule that out yet. <laughs> I can't really know, but, the, but the plan is to touch all diasporans wherever they are. Mm. So we're going to go for the higher concentration of our people as we expand the bridge. Then that sounds pretty global. <laughs> ah, Caribbean global. Network. Right, 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 right. Yes, yes, yes. All right. I want to end then by asking you to share three cool things about Jamaica. Number one, your favorite spot and why. Number two, your favorite person and why. And finally, your favorite food and why? One of my favorite spots, I'm kind of biased. I'm actually plugging the, the venue. I'm not sure what I have. I don't get the money from it. But the Trident Castle in Portland is where I got married. And it was one of the most magnificent days of my life. So that castle needs to be highlighted. And say the, say the name again of that castle? The Trident Castle. Trident in, Castle, yes, yes. In okay. Portland. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I'm familiar. And then, no, this is a hard question, you know, because I, 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 <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> right, exactly. So I have to say my children, I have to say my wife. But if I had to look at a Jamaican that, that I revere, I, because where I come from in New York, I've lived most of my life. I've done concerts. I've done Irish Jamboree. I've done Rock and Breast Festival. I've been a part of Labor Day Parade. And the music, my father was a singer. His name is Winston Clark. He's a singer on the North Coast. The music of Jamaica has been my livelihood. <laughs> if I didn't play, if I don't play songs on the radio, then I, I won't eat. So when I look at the history of the music, I can give you 10,000 names. But um, somebody who's still alive, I've spoken to recently, and we're pretty good friends, is a man called Sly Dunbar from Sly Sly and Robbie. And his legendary career has carried this music and this country on his back for so much years, humbly, without any fanfare. He has affected (laughs) rock music, Spanish music. He's affected people's lives who are non-Jamaican by his music. So I would definitely say he's one of my favorite people after my kids and wife that I would mention here as one of the greats. And awesome. And finally, then your favorite food. And again, this is no endorsement for, for, for this, this kind of food. And I, I'm not supposed to have it all the time, but I do. And it's pan chicken. Yep, I said it. I don't <laughs> Pan chicken. <laughs> pan chicken. That dirt chicken smoke that comes out of those pans will draw me for miles. Miles. That room that will always get me. You have any favorite it. spot out here where you get it? or I am going to say Reddell's Road. <laughs> I'm going to say it out loud and I don't care. Yeah, anymore. I think My... you're referring to Shorties. Short, well, <laughs> I don't know which one it is. Is that the man on the street. The one puts us to the to the corner. Yeah, man, yeah. that's that's that short is yeah, man. The shortest yeah. has is legendary in terms right. of that pan chicken. So so I agree okay. with you. 
Office is, is definitely one of my favorite places to be. So if you can't find me, my middle's road having punches. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Clark, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me on Impacting Jamaica. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Impacting Jamaica was brought to you by the Port Authority of Jamaica, Harib Cement, and the Sajikor Foundation. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email at impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or on Deezer. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com. Impacting Jamaica is powered by Grace Kennedy.